0: You are listening to the next play podcast, the playbook for high performing leaders who want to exceed their full potential from walking on the Ole Miss football team at five seven hundred and fifty pounds and earning a full D1 scholarship to coaching thousands around the world and working with massive organizations like IBM. I've learned countless lessons that I'll be sharing right here with you. Join me as I interview some of the most successful people. So you too can learn how to focus on always moving forward by deciding, planning, and executing on the next play relentlessly. All right, what's going on? This is Richie Contracessi with the Next Play podcast. And today we have a very special guest, someone who started out as an office manager Uh, She worked right into the the ACA, Affordable Care Act, industries, worked her way up in 2019, started her own agency, has built it up to seven agents, six support staff, and she is the expert in ACA. She has trainings on it. We'll go over that today. And if you want to improve, grow your business, this is a podcast that you're going to want to be on. So, Christina, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to be here.
0: Awesome. Cool. So real quick. Talk to me how you, let's start right. Let's just jump into the meat and potatoes. Yes. How did you build your agency 2019 from yourself to seven uh, licensed agents?
1: I think it's by being real um, and telling people what their options were. Um, I live in a very blue collar industry. Kohler is one of the big companies. If you, 90% of people's toilets is from Kohler. And those yeah. guys that have been doing this since they were 18 were ready to retire. And they thought they had to make, to 65 i gotta get to 65 but they're beat up they're worn down and so we reached out to that group uh, a union group and they were wow as soon as one found out they could retire another one found out they could retire they just started sharing it and it just has grown non-stop uh, over and over and i was like oh my goodness i'm so packed <laughs> i either need to become this exclusive agent or i have to hire people And Um, because of the, my business models face to face, mostly I had to build an agency. Um, I just wanted to be able to help more people.
0: Got it. Okay. And so how did you go from zero to seven agents?
1: Um, really it was about trying to figure out how to handle my own overflow. Um, I can only handle so many and I had a hundred new people, minimum, every open enrollment wanting the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And then probably 50 Medicare throughout the year that were just, you know, free people that were walking in and hundred a year, I already had 900 and anybody who's in the ACA world knows during open enrollment to deal with 900 individuals in a month and a half, I was pretty much tapped. And, um, I, I just was like, I need help and found an agent and the we've got, we've actually hired our own uh, clients. Because they were, they loved what we did, how we treated them. They heard we had an ad, and they're like, "We want to work for you because you were so." That's cool. Yeah. So my support staff, when I my first uh, when I hired an assistant and she helps me, she said, "I don't know how the heck you did this. How did you do this by yourself?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I just did what I had to do." Um, And now I'm so happy I have an assistant. I don't know how I did it without one.
0: (laughs) For real, having an assistant like changes the game.
1: It does. It's it's a.
0: Especially when well, they're
1: start- like, Oh, get one. If you th- even thinking about it a, a great assistant is worth their weight in gold.
0: Especially when they start thinking for you and they start. Knowing <laughs> the like that's such a good place to be.
1: Yeah. They can help take so much off of your brain, right. That, that off your plate.
0: Right. So you can focus on what you're, you're good at. So sure. for you, like, Every time you got to the point where you were overloaded, then the next agent was overloaded, then you just added another one?
1: Yes, and some of it's anticipation. Um, it's I, I can look at the numbers of, especially the marketplace, the open enrollment marketplace is a really easy algorithm to calculate versus Medicare, because Medicare is whenever somebody's <laughs> currently 65. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was like, all right, uh, we're now averaging 200 to 300 open uh, new clients during open enrollment. How much can one agent handle? All right, I need to start hiring and I need to hire them so that they're trained and are taking care of their clients. We're very heart centered. Um, and it's not a sale. That's partly why I like the marketplace. It's yeah. not a sell. People walk in going, help me find what I need. And then you just go, here's your options for what you need. And that's it. They're like, sign me up. It's not a hard sale.
0: Right. Right. There's no, yeah. So how did you go about finding your staff? Like a lot of agency owners talk about trying to find good help you know a lot of them a lot of times they say well the, i'm in a rural area or i'm in this place i can't find out a... how did you go about finding your staff
1: it is hard and and i remember the first ad we put out for a receptionist we just wanted a receptionist and i had something like 70 people apply I'm like, what the you know and mm-hmm. i ended up hiring four people from that two receptionists and two assistants And now when I put something out, it's kind of crickets, right? You get three (laughs) or I'm looking for an agent and I get one. And I'm like, really? I hope that I hope I like them, but we've also let our clients know. And it's amazing how many clients will tell somebody, um, one of my newest under 65 agents was an agent, um, from a call center down in Florida that did not sell marketplace. They were selling indemnity plans as if they were major medical and he didn't feel that was ethically right. His sister is my client. As soon as she heard we were hiring, he wanted a job, but he liked the insurance. That's where the referrals came from. So really client, if you're treating your clients well and you let them know it's amazing how many of those send it to us. And I do think, you know, if you're going to hire people, you have to determine if you are good with people. If you're not good with people, I don't know that you want an agency maybe you want downline, you know, cause then you're not dealing with the babysitting <laughs> support staff and agents and their personal lives. You know, if you're not willing to deal with that, then, then either, if you have a business partner who is great or just go downline, um, you know, don't deal with all the mess of personal life stuff, just help them train them. And then they're kind of on their own to do it. But if you're good with people and you want to make that impact, then, your clients are often your best resource, you know, obviously local or virtual assistants. I'm hearing more and more about virtual assistants. Um, my emails are full, right? I have so many emails a day and they said, well, how come you don't have your assistant in your emails? And I'm like, cause I have personal stuff about other staff that they should not have access to. But if I had a virtual assistant in my emails, they don't have a connection to these people. So that's, you know, I do think virtual assistances are starting to become more of a thing. Um, okay. They're coming from other countries and they're definitely signed up with a company who vets them, you know, who knows that they're doing it. Don't just randomly say, hey, you sound good. You'll be a virtual assistant. But I think that's the other way, um, you know, to find help without necessary, while you're searching for maybe somebody who's going to. Be in the same house as you, or next door. It's definitely harder if you're doing virtual.
0: Yeah, and you and you brought up a good point there about leadership, right? And it's something that we obviously talk a lot about in Next Play, and a lot of agency owners, um, you know, they want to just like throw scripts and training videos and say like, go become a high performer, um, and in reality only 0.1% or 1% of people will do that. Right. So there's a big difference building the skill set of becoming an elite salesperson versus becoming an elite sales leader. And so for, from your perspective and what you're currently doing, what are some things that you put in place from a leadership perspective to not only have these agents on your team, but also turn them into performers, consistent performers?
1: I do think you, that's partly why I still do some selling. I'm never going to stop selling ACA completely because I can't be an ACA expert if I don't sell it anymore, if I'm not aware of the changes. And I do firmly believe I always have that leaders from the front, um, somebody who knows who's been there so that when my agents come, they can sit with me, they can see how I do it. I can sit with them. Um, I have much more hands on. And then, let them get really good at something let them finally understand one thing and then at the next level i think sometimes especially as entrepreneurs we're kind of looking for another we're looking for another entrepreneur but if they're an entrepreneur they don't want to work for you they want to exactly
0: work for themselves. exactly
1: and i think that's i think that's what happens we, we want that person to be us and they're not us if they're us they're somewhere else um and i i have to go oh yeah that's right i know this inside out backwards and forwards but i also didn't you know, and so if, when you find somebody, an agent who you think, okay, they can be taught, that's the biggest thing. Are they teachable? Um, and do you have to unteach them? I mean, we've kind of made a decision at the agency here. We are not going to hire anybody from call centers to untrain them from that call center mentality of you got 15 seconds and get it done. And we don't do that. We, our average appointments are about an hour um, mm-hmm. with our clients, but it's the first appointment. I don't ever have to do that again, but I take it on the front end. So we don't want we don't want to have to unlearn, right? I would rather have a brand new person who's teachable, but teach them one thing, the base one. Once they're good with that, now you add it. Now you start, you know, stretching. Um, one of my top agents doesn't like to layer. He's all he's he's afraid he's going to sound like a used car salesman. So I had to work with him in a different way to say you aren't you're not asking mm, what's your budget. And, you know, this is the ACA. We don't really need to know that to sell them insurance. Mm -hmm. They have one in their head, right? They walk in with a budget. It's usually COBRA. Whatever their COBRA costs, that's what they're expecting to pay. And I said, do you believe that if they end up in the hospital and their bill is $10,000 from cancer, that a critical illness policy would help them? Yes. Okay, then offer it. Let them decide. Um, And so now he's finally starting to do it. I'm like, just do it. Pick one thing. Accident. I got a guy who's like, accident. I can sell that all day. All right, sell your accident. All right, you've done that. Now let's add critical illness. So I think that understanding they're not going to do it all at once. It takes time. And then, yes, maybe you're going to sell a rock star. <laughs> you hire that rock star who's right on the bat. I'm hoping to hire this woman from Aflac. Um, well, she already knows how to layer. She doesn't know individual. Great. I can teach her the individual health world. She knows how to layer accident, critical illness, and protect clients. Um, You know, so we might have a rock star that is going to understand it and start selling faster. But um, I think it's patience. I think people really need to understand if they were all entrepreneurs, they wouldn't be working for you or they'd be working for you to figure out how you're doing it to then go do it themselves.
0: Um, Right. So so what are some of the activities that you that you do as a leader to help your team perform? I know you talked about kind of the training levels what are some things that you do from a from a leadership or coaching standpoint to keep them constantly focused, engaged, moving <laughs> moving forward? What are some yep. things that really work for you?
1: We have uh, product training every week, um, and I ask them what do they want to learn. Um, like guaranteed issue was is brought up, we want guaranteed issue products. Okay. I also ask my staff and that's weekly so that we're constantly, you know, if there's only 10 products. That means every 10 weeks they're hearing it again. Right. Which is okay. Cause they're not going to remember everything. So I think sometimes we think we have to reinvent the wheel 365 days and we don't, there's a lot to retain. Um, and then ask them, how do they learn best? Um, I got yeah. an agent who's like, don't send me to a webinar. I'm just, I don't care. But if I can have an agent talk to me in person, well, As an agency, if you call United Healthcare and say, hey, can I have an agent come talk to us about their product? (laughs) Yes, they're gonna show up. Um, They might buy lunch. Um, In fact, I had United Healthcare down here the other week, uh, bought us lunch to tell us about their product. Um, So that was because that's how that agent learns the best. Uh, Different ones like, well, you know, I I like to learn on my own. I like to read all the details. All right, I'm gonna get you the scopes. I'm gonna get you all the the details, the nitty gritty details. Um, But then I follow up with them you know, and I did. So the world of hundred percent commission sales agents, I think is going away. It's too hard. Um, people want a living. So we have a base salary on just base products. So the marketplace and Medicare, you're just getting a base salary. I'm not going to split that commission with you, but we sell it. We give them commissions and incentives on the other things. I want them to understand critical illness and short-term and, um, and then move them into life insurance and investing in life. So we're giving them incentive to grow their book of business and their income by telling them, you know, selling the things I want them to sell, as opposed to just you're going to get a commission on a marketplace plan or Medicare. It's like, no, you don't. that's not a sale. Yeah. Walk, they're, they're, people are asking you to give them that. That's not a sale. Show me that you can sell. Um, so that's our other incentive is training them on these products and then giving them incentive to actually sell it.
0: Yeah. I like the base model as well. Um, what, what do you do in the scenario of someone's not performing at the level they should be?
1: Um, I'm really personable about it. I want to know why. Is it a personal issue at home? Is it, they, just not a good fit in my culture. Um, I let an agent go who just wasn't a fit and they wanted to do it their way. They didn't want to listen. They didn't want to hear, um, My expertise. They they wanted really. They wanted me to just give them leads, and they could just do whatever they wanted. And I was like, no, it's not worth it. So you do have to find out why, and is it something that's changeable? And if it's not, is it worth keeping that person? Um, We let this person go during the COVID stuff, and their unemployment started coming through, and it was twice as much as normal. And every time it came through, I looked and went, 100% worth it. I don't. it, It it's worth it not to have that thorn in our culture. Um, If you've got somebody who you've worked with, you've tried, you've tried a different approach and it's not working, it's such a relief. Even if you have to work a little extra harder for a while to not have that thorn, you know, Um, if you, it's, you know, a thorn in your shoe, is it better to stop for 10 seconds to take it out and then walk? Or are you in such a hurry, you'll walk with that thorn in your shoe for a mile? Um, And so you've got to find out why, you know, is it a training? Maybe you're the one who's training them incorrectly. Find out why they need it. Maybe you keep doing webinars and they want, they're a reader. <laughs> they, they want to read all the details and understand it inside out, backwards and forwards. Well then, you know, okay. So it's not you, them, it was you. Um, but if you've tried it and they say, oh, I need this to learn. And you've given them that and they're still not performing, you know, that's when you have to decide. But if they are, to me, even I learned this, even in the ant kingdom, there are still slackers. You're not going to have all top 10. You're just not, um, you may have somebody who's perfectly happy with the base and just a little bit of commission. And as long as they're not only bringing the income to cover them, but cover overhead and all that stuff, and they're not causing problems, maybe that's fine. You know, cause again, they're not all going to be entrepreneurs and they're not all going to be top agents, but are they a support in the, in your culture? Are they a, you know, cheerleader that maybe encourages other people and makes everybody else feel great and they work harder?
0: Okay. Yeah. They're a good role player. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Like as far as like course correction, like I know you talk a lot about like doing the trainings and stuff. Is there anything outside of the, like, let's say someone's not producing the way that they should be. How do you help? Like, what's your process to help them course correct and improve upon whatever's, you know, they're not doing well.
1: Um, it's really, I work with my support staff, um, to find out what, uh, what it is, what they think. I want to get an outside opinion, not just mine. Um, Mm -hmm. and sometimes the support staff has a totally different perspective because they're dealing with the aftermath side, right? Um, and then I put in play, here's what you need to improve on. And again, I start off simple. I mean, maybe they got seven things they need to improve on. Pick the one thing you want them to improve the most. Don't give them all seven. You can say there's some other things but here's one that's measurable right if if they need to if you you want them to make calls and they're only doing 10 calls you're like okay you need to make 50 calls a day and i need to see that and you have this deadline um and it's a little bit of that mark um, managing micromanaging a little bit but sometimes you have to do that to get there right if you're too much of a slacker Um, I have not actually had too much of an issue. I did have to let a different agent go because I think there was a dementia issue starting to happen, um, which was horrible. I mean, it just broke my heart, but I am like, you're hurting the business. And we had tried, but it was beyond his capability to do what we needed him. And we ended up having to let him go um, because he would try and then it just would, it would just disappear. Um, And so sometimes there's just nothing you can do, but, You have to make it measurable and it has to be one thing at a time and that's even with not just agents that's with anybody in your support staff you know if they've got 20 things to work on they're going to feel overwhelmed if you start hypering on on the 20. you know find the thing they're good at go yeah good job all right now here's the one thing you need to work on all right here's the next thing
0: got it okay cool no i couldn't agree more with that and i think the because if you look at if you focus on one thing a week that's 50 that's fifty x improvement over the course of a year, yep. right? With two weeks of of not being in, I mean that. But a lot of people will give them a bazillion things to do every day or every week, and then nothing gets improved, right?
1: And you know. I, I think we, as a, as leaders, we already know the answer, right? So somebody's coming to us for help, so we give them the answer, and they come to us for help, and they give them the answer, and then we're like, why don't you figure out the answer on your own? But we never gave them the power to figure out the answer on their own. Um, I have a little sticky note on my computer that says, what is your solution? To remind myself to stop giving the answer. You do it when they're new, you absolutely have to. Um, You know, they don't know what they're doing, you want to give them the answer. But then after they've been there, start and they come in with a question, go, what is your solution? And hear what it is. And it, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't even have to be the way I would do it. As long as the solution is correct, you know, the outcome is what needs to be done, go, sounds good, and start giving them Confidence in themselves, um, because I do think sometimes our producers who don't produce enough, typically it's because they're 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 afraid. They're afraid to try something. They're afraid to fail. And I think I gotta I gotta support staff who's a crier when she gets yelled at. She gets all upset, and I'm like, it's not you, you know, and you're gonna mess up. Oh, I don't want to. I said, yeah, but you're gonna. It's okay. You're gonna. That's the lesson you're gonna learn. Those are the lessons I learned. By messing up. I could probably tell more about what not to do when making an agency than what to do um, because I have messed up. It's not perfect. and I. But I want to give them permission to mess up and permission to come up with their own ideas. So what is your solution? And I think when they start feeling confident that they're allowed to do that, you sometimes get that top producer to start doing a little, or the not top producer, the lower producer to start doing a little bit more because now there's ownership. Right. As opposed to, I asked you the answer and you told me to just do this and then they don't go outside of that box. They don't think further.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a thing. So so are, is all your staff remote or are they all in the office with you?
1: They're all in the office. I have one remote staff person who is trying to get a house closer because she wants to be in, in here. Um, yeah. And I found working remotely with her has been actually really hard. That's just not my training module. I want somebody here. Um, when I think of something in the moment, I want to go, hey, come here really quick. Let me show you what I'm doing. Um, so I have them all in-house. Downline agents, different. You know, They're kind of on their own, and I just help them when they ask. Um, but my, my agency's all in-house. And we have talked about opening branches out, but we want them to be here first. And then they understand the culture, and then, all right, a couple days over there, three days. Um, so yeah, they're all here.
0: Awesome. Okay, cool. And so, um, tell us about your course. So you, you've really become the expert, um, in, in the ACA. Tell, tell us yeah. about the course that you do.
1: <laughs> So I created, um, a course, ACA Academy is what I called it.
0: Um, how do we find it? Is there a link to a, like, what's, is there a
1: website for it? Yes, there is a website. Um, it's ACA Academy. Um, oh, and I'm going to. See, you asked me that again. <laughs> I'm always so bad about thinking names. As soon as somebody says, what's your, uh, what's your child's name? I swear I go, uh, and it me a um, so let me get you. The, I just uh, looked
0: ACA Academy is for sale. It's $3,195. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, it is ACA Academy dot
0: dot fresh Learn. Okay. Yep.
1: So, cause that it was a training module. Um, I have 10 courses, they can be bought individually. So if somebody feels like they only need one thing, they can, they can buy all 10 classes. It's eight recorded classes that are PowerPoints. I'm a much, I'm a trainer. I like to train. I want people to know why things work the way they work as opposed to just telling them, I'm a, I, I'm a firm believer in the why, because then if I tell you why it does, you can kind of make that judgment. Um, I walk people through Health Sherpa from front to end, how to do an application, explain in great detail the weird nuances of the marketplace and um, all the way to some really in-depth odd things that come up with the marketplace because it's glitchy, it's new, and it's not as cut and dry and black and white as Medicare. Medicare is black and white. It is or it isn't. ACA is not. It's a very gray, wild, wild west field. And so the Academy um, is going to make you an expert in the ACA. Uh, And I've had some great success. I've got people who were 100% Medicare that are like, oh, I'm excited to sell the marketplace now. Um, You know, this is what's going to make it.
0: Got it. Now, what would be the expected outcome? So I get I'll be an expert, but what can I do with that to what would the value be? So the
1: value is confidence. I think the ACA world, there's so much out there that you don't know. And I I don't know about you, but I hate when I don't know. And I'm supposed you know, somebody's coming in. I need insurance. What do I do? And you're like, I don't know. You're going to finish this course and you're going to be like, I know. I now know what is happening. Um, Unfortunately, if you call the marketplace, they don't know what they're doing. They're a customer service rep with a script. So you're calling what you think is the expert and they don't know, they really don't. I I pride myself, I have not called the marketplace in over seven years, I'm so excited because they don't know anything more than I do. Um, And so finishing that that course will, if you're an agency and you have agents that are doing the marketplace, this will make them become an expert and have complete confidence in what the ACA is, how it works, how to help people, self-employed, family glitch, things like that, um, documentation that the marketplace requests, special enrollments. This will make you have so much confidence in that.
0: If they specialize in this and go all in, like on average, like what, what could one expect to make in this, doing it this way?
1: I i know you can't
0: no guarantees just no
1: guarantees i think you could easily have 300 aca clients learn how to layer that and make six figures
0: Mm -hmm. because you had 900 at one time i had
1: 900 i did which was stupid It's 900 individuals and it is, it's different than Medicare. It's so much, to me, it's easier um, in some ways. Medicare has got so many rules, regulations and hands tied and recordings and all of this stuff that has to be done. And the ACA is quicker, you know, it, it's not as regulated. And, and once you understand it, it's easy to me, it's so easy. Um, and it, I like that puzzle. I, I find Medicare boring. That's what I have a business partner who loves Medicare and I'm like, oh, I, I find it boring because it's just the same thing. Um, right. I like the nuances of the marketplace. And so if you take this course, you will know the nuances and it will start to make sense because if you understand how it was formed, why it was created, the weird glitchy things go, oh, now I know. And now you know how to maneuver, how to use those glitches for your yeah. client's best interest and to protect them. I mean, if I can give them advice by saying, Hey, if you do this one thing, I'm going to save you thousands of dollars. Absolutely. I mean, I people call me back going, thank you for selling me that gap policy. My husband had stroke two weeks after we bought that gap policy and our out of pocket was hundred bucks. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, Now they send everybody, right? They send everybody here. So, um, it's a snowball effect. You take this, you, uh, you come off as the expert, you educate your clients, They tell everybody they know, go to that place, Mm. go to that place, go to that place. I've seen people leave my office (laughs) and within one day I had three referrals from them. Yeah. And that's just because of it's. I believe the educating people on the marketplace is never going to make them go. I can do it on my own. They don't want to do it on their own. We're becoming Mm. more and more of a specialized industry. People are too busy. They're too unundated. They, you know, they've got this going off nonstop, right? You are their expert and that's all they want to know. You mm-hmm. give them enough education that they're making smart choices. They're understanding how the tax credit works or how Medicare works, whatever it is, but they are, you're that you're their guy, you're their gal and they will not leave you because you told them about it. I think, right. I think sometimes agents are too afraid to educate too much. And I, I don't think that's possible.
0: I don't know why, but I mean, it's not like you're educating and then they're going to do it on their own. They're still, right. they're, you know what I mean? So that, that would be the only perp reason I would think. But, yeah.
1: And I think, think people think that I'm like, no, it, it never happens.
0: Um, yeah. Maybe a very small percentage, but you're going to close more from correct. doing this is what you would lose. So yeah, it makes sense. All right. So um, if, if anybody wants to, to connect with you, uh, Christina, what's the best way to find you?
1: Um, probably on my website for my agency, I've got different places, but, um, next step insurance is in Wisconsin. It's next step insurance.com. If you see about us, there's a calendar link. You can actually just click on my calendar and I uh, happy to do zoom face to face or send me an email. Um, you can find me on Facebook. I am on Facebook. Um, uh, but I, I actually, my, my cell phone is silent all the time. So I'm not on Facebook until at night sometimes. So, um, certainly come to nextstep insurance.com and you can get right on my calendar link and let's chat.
0: Um, awesome. And just for you and your business, your agency, Christina, what's your next step or what we call your <laughs> next way? What, what, my what next step.
1: Yeah. We're about be... to, hopefully, we're going to open a, another brick and mortar in another town and, and working in the Hmong community. We have an inside with one of the elders. And the Hmong community in the Midwest, the largest place is Minneapolis, and then it's Green Bay, Appleton, Chicago, and we now have an in with that group. And I think that's the other, you know, if you, um, I have a friend who is an agent in Oklahoma and it's Native Americans, and I'm like, oh, brilliant. You know, if you can find those pockets of individuals. So I'm excited. We're gonna open another brick and mortar store, even in the world of Zoom, and um, just grow. I've got two new agents that were Bringing
0: on soon. <laughs> That's awesome. Dang, good. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, congratulations on what you're Thank doing. You. I'm excited to continue to watch you grow. If you're interested yeah. in her course, again, it's ACACademy.freshlearn.com, or you can visit her at nextstep-insurance.com, and yes. you can book a call right on her calendar, connect with her, ask questions. Um, I think that's awesome that you're willing to do that. So uh, Christina, this has been a pleasure. Thanks so much for being on the show.
1: I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. And if you're listening right now, definitely make sure if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and uh, leave a comment below on something that you learned or took away, or if you have any questions, share them, and we'll be glad to get back to you. Thanks so much for being here and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Next Play Podcast. If you liked the show, make sure to leave us a review. For more resources, visit RelentlessUniversity.com or download the free Relentless University app. And if you're interested in having me speak at your next event, visit RelentlessRitchie.com. Until next time.